Hello and welcome to the Magnetic Woman podcast. I'm Pandora Paloma, a quantum transformation and business coach using a fusion of spirituality meets strategy for feminine leaders, spiritual entrepreneurs and visionaries. My mission is to help female entrepreneurs find their truth and step into their greatness boldly and unapologetically and create businesses that feel like home. I help women access and accelerate their magnetism by bridging the gap between who they truly are and who they present as to the world because from this space of wholeness, we find our power, our potential, our voice and our liberation. This show is for the multidimensional woman with a big bold vision for more wealth, more impact, more expression and more freedom. Each episode takes you on a journey of expansion across my five pillars of quantum transformation self, vision, expansion, embodiment, and magnetism. Some are solo and some are with industry leaders who are playing the same game, changing the conversation about women, success, money, power, and pleasure. I'm a mum of one, music lover, love maker, and all-round magnetism activator. Tune in and welcome to my world of magnetism. I am super, super excited for today's guest. She is a client, a friend, someone I am in awe of in terms of the work that she does and the leadership that she shows to the world. She's a medicine woman with a B. She's an embodied business coach, spiritual midwife. Welcome, welcome, Rebecca Wilson. It's such an honor to have you on the Magnetic Woman podcast. Mm, thank you so much. Gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's delicious. My new favorite word. <laughs> I feel like this conversation is going to be super juicy. Um, so I shared with Rebecca, you know, just before we got on the podcast that I'm going to do it slightly differently because I feel like this really works um, when we're when we're talking through and talking to you know topics such as embodied business because you know it, what what is embodied business and actually I feel like Rebecca we could start with that and just what is what is embodied what is embodiment and what is embodied business take it from the top. <laughs> Um, well interestingly it isn't a top-down experience so we wouldn't take it from the top it's probably a bottom-up experience (laughs) as they were teaching somatics Um, and it's experiencing the experience of life and whatever you're having moment to moment through the felt sense and connection to your body that is my description and understanding of it um, and my living experience um, of being and becoming more and more embodied is to live in my body, through my body, uh, connected to my felt sense and um, that awareness that is within the living, breathing moment of my being, still staying connected into the space of the mind and thought, but not um, solely a mental experience of of life or whatever I'm having in that moment. And through my journey of becoming more embodied and um, embodiment work and practices, it began to just naturally weave itself into business um, and creation 
and recognizing we get to do business and creation from a very different place if we choose to, um, and being this living, breathing, embodied being, um, and having the journey that I had when I was expanding and evolving and coming into my business, I recognized that it needed to be that way for me, that it couldn't be a a mental game alone and that it had to be experienced through connection to my feelings, my sensations, my emotions. Um, So here is the birth of embodied business. Beautiful, beautiful. So I think we, I, I mean, now I'm just, eager to know and I you know I know a fair amount of this um but I'm sure the audience would love to know like how did you get here how did you get to this point what were the turning points that brought you here Mm, well (laughs) that's like a trilogy of episodes but we'll we'll succinct it down (laughs) pick pick your favorites (laughs) (laughs) don't think any of them were favorites but they were beautiful gifts from the universe thank you thank you thank you they were lessons, um, many yeah, lessons. Yeah, yeah. You know, through through very um, deep initiations in life, through hardship, through traumatic experiences that I've had at many different uh, times throughout, well, throughout the whole of my life, but spanning the last 20 years, um, they brought me deeper and deeper into myself. These times of challenge have given me an opportunity, you know, gifted me that, that gateway of like, well, are you going to step through this and meet more parts of yourself or are you not? And it always felt like those type two kind of like clear paths. This is happening for you. So what are you going to do with it? Um, and so, yeah, that's the journey I've chosen to to arrive deeper into myself, into my awareness, into knowing myself more fully, wholly. Um, and that, you know, obviously continues to unravel. Um, and that's not just happened in my business, happened in all areas of my life. But of course, it's been a massive part of my journey in creation, in business, as a healer, a coach, a space holder, you know, as a midwife to, to women. Uh, first of all, I've midwifed myself through my own initiations and turning points in life to to receive and to grow this knowledge and wisdom to be able to offer that space to others. Mm. Can you expand a little bit about what you what the role is of being a midwife, a spiritual midwife? I love the term. Yeah. Um I'd love, you know, to know kind of what that looks and feels like to you. Mm. So for me, it is in, in like, if we can just like bring it down into a couple of sentences, it's just supporting or midwifing, which a a midwife actually is to transition a woman from a point of pain into a point of power, um, through the rites of passage or the initiations that life brings to them Mm, or that that they actively choose depending because, you know, you don't necessarily, life doesn't necessarily bring you business, uh, but it brings you trauma and other things. And I support women through through those rites of passages, um, loss, grief, the birth of a child, you know, family uh, system experiences. But also we can choose rites of passages and we can choose initiations. And I recognize when I chose to step into the work that I do, it, it 
it was an active choice, which I didn't necessarily know at the time, of a massive rite of passage of stepping into um into the mother energy, into the creatrix energy, into, you know, a fully embodied woman um, and be in that space of holding and nurturing midwife and doula in women through their experiences too. And it's ultimately to bear witness to, to hold space, to give space to, to support, guide, love um, women through those times and those experiences, whatever they may be. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I feel like there's that kind of, you know, the maiden to mother and the, you know, the sort of archetype, I would see them as like archetypal kind of initiations, but actually, you know, some of the initiations are ones that we have chosen. Like I feel exactly the same about the work I do. It's, you know, it's, it's life's work, you know, it's, I'm so devoted to it. And within that, there's been initiation after initiation after initiation in terms of how I lead myself. And, you know, something I speak about a lot is that being the living embodiment of your work, you know, Mm. um, how do, how do we become more embodied? You know, how do we, what's that for, for, you know, people who are listening, who are, okay, I've, you know, I've heard this term, what does it actually look and feel like, you know, to, to, to start the process of becoming, and I suppose actively in choosing to be more embodied. Yeah. Yeah. Well, most of the time, not all of the time, but most of the time, the journey actually begins with the recognition that in some way, shape or form, we've become disembodied. So we've been disconnected or severed from the experience of our body Maybe that's through culture or society or through life experiences. Um, for a lot of women that I support, and I know in my own journey, it was through traumatic experiences where everything feels too much, too fast, too soon, too big. So in a certain essence, we leave our body energetically or emotionally. We disembody, we disconnect, we fragment, we separate from. Sometimes we escape the body and into the mind. And sometimes we escape the body and the mind into a completely different realm of experience and live um, outside of our being totally. Um, And there's varying, many varying degrees within all of that. Uh, So first of all, it kind of arrives with the recognition or the awakening to the realization that I'm not connected to my body. Like, I don't know how I feel. I'm disconnected from sensation, emotion, feeling, Um, I'm blocked from joy, but I also don't allow myself to feel grief. I can't feel love or connection to, I don't know, your pet or your child or your partner. But that's also because there's some kind of blocking of the the more shadow aspects, if we will. And that's just a term of emotions and feelings. And then recognizing why has that happened? And that begins the journey of returning back. Um, and I often speak of it like, you know, we, all of the lost, stolen and fragmented, disowned and rejected parts of ourselves that we've disembodied from or separated from, placed in dark corners of our psyche or in cupboards somewhere, never to look at again because they've been labeled as wrong, shameful, sinful. I won't be loved if I'll be abandoned if. I'll be cast out from the tribe if I'll be alone, if I won't belong, if I am, we'll all have our own fill in the gap there. So I must completely disconnect from that part of myself or those many parts of myself in order to be seen, loved, valued, belong, be part of. Um, 
And then we begin to recognize, well, I can bring that part of me back. I won't reject that part of me and I'll love that part of me. Um, and that is the journey of reclaiming and restoring relationship to all the parts, which in turn allows us an opportunity to become more embodied. Um, for me, embodiment is also a process of integration. Like as we integrate all the parts that have been lost, stolen, abandoned, and so on, we naturally become more embodied because we're more deeply connected to all parts of the self. Mm, beautiful. And that leads me nicely to something we really wanted to speak about, didn't we? Mm. Kind of the pattern. So, you know, what shows up in our relationship to our business and our evolution um, will, you know, show up in all areas of life because there's certain programming um, of beliefs and, you know, the relationship that we have to ourselves. Mm. Um, so speak to, if you can, the <laughs> in a way, you know, I know we're going to go deep here, but, yeah. you know, how do these patterns present themselves, let's say, in relation to then how we show up as business owners? Yeah. I mean, there's many different forms and ways, but ultimately in our formative years, we have life experiences, most often in our childhood, um, that we make mean something about us. And that's the important piece to first differentiate, that it isn't necessarily that that situation meant that about us. It's that we made it mean that about us. We've metabolized or digested certain experiences in our life. And the way that we've done that has created this thought, belief, or story or narrative around ourselves. It's not necessarily true that the situation was impressing that upon us, but rather that's what we created. Uh, and then from that, we move through our life, throughout, you know, our young life, our rite of passage for our first bleed, and then the initiation into sexuality, and then to womanhood and into adulthood. Um, and these narratives are, and beliefs are so deeply wound within the the core or the tapestry of our being, as I would call it, uh, that we just continue to see the world through that lens or that filter. So we experience the life through, say, the belief of, um, like my voice should, it should be quiet. My voice is not important. So maybe we got told when we were a child to be quiet a lot. And we believed, we made that mean about us that I have nothing important to say. So I will be quiet. And that's how I will receive love. This is just a broad example. And then we go through life with that belief. And then it's almost the belief is like, well, I'm just a quiet person. I don't have much to say. And it's not necessarily the truth, but we believe it to be so true about ourselves because of how we've encoded and wrapped it in and into our psyche. And we've so identified with it as who I am. This is just true. This is just me. But then we might say, arrive into wanting to support people in like space holding or coaching or stepping into creation or leadership or business. And that might require us to share our voice from time to time. And that deep fear or terror or deep belief that I've got nothing, I have nothing to say. My voice isn't important and that will show up. You'll step into business and all of a sudden, you know, 
the throat's closed. You can't write an Instagram post. You've got nothing to write onto an email. You think you, oh my gosh, I've got nothing to say. I could never do an Instagram live because I would just choke up. My voice is gone. I have nothing to say. I'm not interested. I've done, you know, and then the story continues. And that's how it leads into the realm of business, creation, leadership, and so on. Yeah. So mm. it's, you know, it's something we we've we've spoken about so much in terms of you know, when it comes to the the subject of being more visible, you know, it's like that mm-hmm. visibility piece doesn't start with the content you're creating. It starts with the beliefs that were formed when you were three years old, or five years old, yeah. you know, and that is, you know, I think it's so easy for us to think that we, we can skip that bit. You know, like, like if I just get my marketing plan solid, I just need a good strategy and actually that will, that pattern will continue to show up unless you look at, what is, you know, what is that block there that's stopping you feeling safe? Ultimately, it's about safety, isn't it? Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just heard in my head, you know, that song, can we skip to the good bit? <laughs> 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 like, sorry, honey. No, that's not how it goes around here. <laughs> we got to go all the way back. Rewind. <laughs> Tell me about when you were three. I mean, it's so funny in a way because it's so textbook and it's like, no, it's just because like, I didn't send the email at the right time of day. And it's like, it, I hear you. It's really not about sending the email at the right time of the day. It's like, how many people are you willing to see this email or read this Instagram post or click on to your website? I don't know. But, um, or like, oh yeah, I just not got a, a good, I don't know about posting at the right time. And it's like, no, there's something blocking you from, from posting or, oh, tomorrow, the procrastinator, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. And it's that deep fear of sharing your truer self with, with the world. And I know this is a theme that's come up for a lot of women that I've supported is like that when they really step into their heart work, it's like, it's their soul talking. It's that deep essence of them coming through. And of course, that's way more vulnerable to share than like, whoa, when I was in a corporate job, I was just like, chat, 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 holding all these meetings, could just like talk about all the things. I'm like, yeah, but that wasn't your creation birthing from inside of your being. And now you're talking about something that's so important and, and kind of the energy you've, you're here on earth to, to share that, that soul message. Of course, it's way more vulnerable to then start talking about that on the internet or having a board meeting or like a, an Instagram live or that around it, because it's like, wow, this is the true me. This isn't all the, the false layers and the masks that I can put on in other jobs. This is like me talking about me, sharing me, sharing my true authentic self and most, if not all of us, have got wounding around that because we've had a human experience. It's like if you've had a childhood, you've got trauma. If you had a human experience, you've got stuff to work through. And that true, authentic self is the part that's so terrified to come forward for most, if not all people, because that's the part that we've made all of these narratives or beliefs that we've got mean about that part. The true part of me is not welcome, does not exist, it, you know, is not... Um, shouldn't be listened to, has nothing good to say, whatever your individual narrative is around it. And then when you step into your heart work and it's asking you, like spirit is like, come on, share your trueness. And it's like, ah, it's too scary. Don't want anyone to see this part of me. And of course that is then 
almost like it's the child part that's showing itself again. And of course, that's incredibly vulnerable. Yeah. I've worked with women for like six months in a one-to-one capacity just to get them to a place where they feel safe Mm. to show up online. And so for anyone listening to this, that's you know, having that that journey, I was going to say challenge, but you know what? Let's not speak to the pain point here. If you're having that experience right now, know that this might just be the body of love that you can start to explore for yourself because you're not alone. It's very normal. And I think that actually the more that we can normalize like, Hey, this might be showing up for you and here's why, you know, maybe this is the thing that you're not looking at it. You know, I think it will help a lot of people when, you know, I think I know that the online space is, you know, it's, it, it looks like it's so easy, but we're not all born performers, especially if there's this, you know, experience that's playing out for you. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And interestingly, in the online space with this kind of world of Instagram, there's kind of like a false vulnerability and a false true self that often gets expressed because it's this expression I see a lot in the field anyway it's this expression of what the what Instagram or what other people want me to be which is still the the cycle of I can't be my true self so I'll be what the algorithm wants me to be or I'll be what this other coach is being and then I'll be like her and then I'll get the likes or what does my audience or what do people want me to be there's very few people being the true authentic self Mm. in all areas and aspects of life because it is it takes deep 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 inner work yeah yeah, there's a real like, how am I actually the living embodiment of my work? And also, and I, I think it'd be interesting actually to, to hear your take on this, but I often think when people are like, I should, you know, I want to be authentic. Part of me is like, no one in my Instagram space or Instagram community is ever going to get to the truth of who I am in all of the ways, in all of the layers, Mm. because I'm a multidimensional being and I'm learning more about who I am every single day. And so this idea that we, you know, show up as your authentic self, absolutely. But also know that you can't possibly be understood and fully understood and seen in all of your multidimensionalness on an app on your phone. <laughs> like even my partner and my daughter and like my daughter's dad who know me so well, you know, will often be like, you've never said that before. You've never done that before. You, mm. you look different today. Like, do you know what I mean? So there's this kind of, again, this sense that we've got to be our authentic selves, but also your authenticity is evolving and growing all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I, I feel like it's it, to bring the full authentic self within the, the realm in which you're bringing, say, to the app on the phone. So if you're using Instagram for, you know, sharing a message or your business or your creations, then bring the true authentic part of you into that. But it won't be all parts of you, because like you say, there's parts of us that other people like that we're in relationship to, like partners, like children, family members, they'll all get different parts of us and that not all the parts are meant to be shown on in the realm of your business, but the part of you that is, 
that has a story to tell that that supports other people to see themselves in that story and recognize, ah, that's me too. And like, wow, I really resonate with you at that over that. And that is how we get to share the the authenticity and the trueness and the vulnerable um, parts of ourselves within relationship to what we're offering in that space, right? Like, I'm not going to start talking about my relationship with my dad or my sister on my Instagram because my Instagram is a particular realm of part of my work and my creation. And that's like a a different relational part of my life. Um, So, yeah, I find that bit interesting, actually. Yeah, it's it's something I find kind of mostly with the Magnetic Business Method Mastermind. There tends to be more around that question of like, shall I should I show that version of me or should I share this, this experience I've had with my community? And I'm always like, well, is it relevant to the work that you do? Cause I think, it, you know, you're right there. Like I'll happily speak to, you know, how I run a business as a single parent slash co-parent, because it's relevant to the systems mm. and structures and processes that I have in place to be able to, for me to have my version of it all. But I probably wouldn't go online and talk about, you know, more intimate details about how we make it work as a family because it's it's kind of irrelevant to, you know, ultimately what my Instagram space is there for. So it's sort of knowing what's relevant and what's, you know, what's what feels good for you to share and also, you know, what just doesn't need to be shared, you know, mm. and you also get to be the authority there and choose what parts of you you want to show and what parts you don't, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree totally with that. Yeah. I am interrupting this episode of the Magnetic Woman podcast to make an announcement. The lovely Rebecca that we have joining me in conversation today is part of one of my masterminds called Expand to Seven, where six-figure business owners scale to multi-six. Now, there are three masterminds, all of which are six months and suitable for every stage of business. And the announcement is that we are currently enrolling for the cohort that launches on the 20th of March, 2023. If you are a heart-led business owner looking to scale your business and meet that next level, whatever that means for you, and you want to do it through a fusion of spirituality meets strategy, come and join me in the masterminds. You can have a look at all of the options at www.pandorapaloma.com forward slash masterminds. And I'm also going to put the link in the show notes. So I'd love to explore something that I know has been supportive for me in my own journey of embodiment. And I'm going to speak to this more in terms of moving into the embodiment of, you know, being the person that is living the life that I desire to live. Mm. What's always really helped me is getting the mind on board first. So I can see that this is possible for me because, you know, I'm all about strategy meets spirituality. Mm. You know, I can see from the strategy that this could be possible. And then from that space, I move into who do I get to be? in order to make that a reality. So there's the, you know, the way that I'm living and breathing and moving and speaking and, and kind of really then going into the embodiment from the space of kind of, you know, getting the, the mind on board first. Is that a thing? Is that just my way? Is that supportive? 
I'd yeah. love to know your thoughts. Yeah. Um, that is a, a similar to some of the processes that I guide a lot of women through. And it's like, well, who is she? That version of you, you know, what is the goal, whatever the outcome of the goal is. And maybe it's just to love yourself more. And it's like, well, if you loved yourself more, what would you do every day? Do that now. And then, you know, you'll arrive closer too. So there's kind of thought in there, there's feeling in there, and there's also action in there. Um, and within it all, they, they kind of like, they merge and marry, and then we move forward towards um, arriving into that felt sense of thinking, feeling, breathing like that that goal or that, that version of ourselves. Um, and for me, it's, it's really deeply rooted in the, the felt sense of the experience because I feel like we're all such powerful, creative beings and we create through our emotive experience and our emotions create a field of energy that is so potent and powerful. And even deeper than that, like the energetic, emotional and physical shape of our body will guide us through different experiences we have. So if we're kind of like slumped and closed in our body, but we're really wanting to be like open and available to life, there's two, there's an internalized conflict happening there. Like, yeah, I'm fully open to life whilst like completely shut down and withdrawn and like shoulders rounded and heart protected. It's like, are you, you might be saying you are, and the mind might be on board with that. 100%. The conscious mind is like, yeah, I'm here for it. But the unconscious mind lives in the physical manifestation of our energy and our being. So we could be in this turmoil or conflict of like, but I've been thinking about that for ages. I've been writing it down. My mind's totally on board. And I'm like, but is your subconscious on board? Is the unconscious on board? Is your body on board? Or are you still locked, protected, not doing the things and and when we open all of those parts, we're living more in alignment or moving more towards those visions and aspirations that we have. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful. So I love this, love this conversation. Talk to me about womb medicine. Can you explain the power of working with the womb um, and why? Mm, yeah. So to me, my experience of, of my womb is that this is the space of all creation. All life is birthed from a womb. So the creative power and potential that exists in there. And in this, I'm not speaking to a physical womb. I'm now speaking beyond the physicality, the energetics, the energy of the womb space. It's a space of birth. It's a space of life. It's a space of death. It's a space of cycles. Creation is a cyclical energy. Um, And this power of this life force that we have in this space to create and multiply that which we're given, you know, as women, um, you know, there's a powerful saying, isn't there? Like, you know, give a woman a seed and she'll multiply it into, into life. Um, and that seed doesn't have to come in the form of a child. It can come in the, in the form of whatever you choose to seed in this space. And, and for me, like journeying into my own womb and clearing the imprints and beliefs and energies that were once held there to create a more open light space so that my creations are, are birthing or moving through this more healed energy. So I'm not birthing visions, creations through an old, uh, distorted energy, like, cause then it's just creating more of the same. Mm. Um, 
so yeah, that that's my experience and my journey of my womb space. And, you know, also as women, we carry a lot of our ancestral pattern in, in our womb space and a lot of like the mother, the mother's mother, the mother's mother's mother, and so on. And all of those beliefs and narratives that were once true in the lineage can still be carried down until we choose to like cut the the threads of that and and begin to birth a new chapter or a new generation of energy, however that manifests, mm-hmm. whether it's in your business, whether it's just rebirthing yourself, whether it is birth in a life. Um, they're all different ways of us birthing new energy into the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. I feel like um, the kind of you know, lack of self-worth has been such an ancestral theme. Um, and the more, you know, I um, it went into the womb the more I felt that that was the last sort of dregs of it were releasing, mm. you know, cause it was, there was so much of it held there. Um, you know, that not enoughness and, you know, yep. it's interesting. Like if I ever tune into that, um, you know, like the little twang, like, Oh, okay. There it is. <laughs> you know, it, it feels like there's, you know, this is always sometimes a little bit of that will be present, you know, it's just so deeply programmed, but, um, yeah. I also know that I've, you know, I've, I've, I've stopped that, that pattern, you know, I've not moved it forward mm. um, from doing so much wound work. So it's, you know, it's so important. Why yeah. do you think, what do you find, um, you know, is a kind of not a block, but, you know, in connecting to the womb, what do you think, you know, can, can come up in terms of, you know, being afraid of that, I suppose, knowing that there's so much power in there or not knowing but yeah Yeah. maybe not knowing on a conscious mind but the body knows and the womb knows yeah and for many women it is like a a disconnection or a distorted relationship with their own feminine energy their own feminine power which can a lot be you know societal and cultural like uh this this paradigm that we've been living in that we're moving out of a be like a man and you'll be great you know but it's like well I'm not I'm a woman and I have like cycles and um this like wounded masculine linear energy that we are we are moving out of but that in itself has had a lot of women disconnect from their feminine state of being and operate maybe more in the mental realm or just more in a forward moving masculine um energy so for a lot of women, it's like, oh, I don't want to connect to that. Well, it's it's a bit inconvenient. Like I've got these cycles, I've got all these emotions, I've got all these feelings. I'm not like just driving forward on this like, you know, rocket trajectory, not here for that. And it's there's a lot of conditioning to unravel there. For some women, it is to really descend because the journey into the womb is you know, it's not all love and light. You're descending into this deep, deep, dark space within and and when we truly give ourselves to that space, we recognize that the darkness is the most luminous space that we have. Um, or that's my experience of my womb anyway. And I know many of the women that I support, um, a a complete fear of their own power, their own power to create, to manifest. Um, and that can show up for some women in like, you know, irregular cycles, womb related health issues, uh, all these ways of blocking, distorting, um, the the natural life-giving flow. I mean, this is the space of sexuality, of pleasure, of reproduction, such a powerful space. You know, it's 
like where the Shakti or the Kundalini starts to like rock around the pelvis and all of these things that we're speaking into, they're powerful sources of energy. Um, it's like the goddess part of the self. And if that hasn't been held in reverence, which it can't have been because this in culture, it's not been allowed. So it'd be very, you know, like if it hasn't infiltrated your family system, like woohoo, you've been doing something great in your family lineage, but it's there. It's in the culture of, of the world. And so of course it's impressed and imprinted upon us. Um, and all of the distortions of even sexual energy and how it's, who it's for and what it's meant for and, and all of these different things. And really it's just pure creative power. And it's the most innocent energy that we have. Uh, we're most alive and connected to our primal state of being when we're born. So, and it's the same energy that then manifests as sexual energy or as pleasure or as creative energy. And it's most alive when we're born because we're the least imprinted upon. And so we can reconnect there to the complete innocence of that energy and recognize how society and culture deeply conditions that sexual creative energy to be something else that is not. Mm, so beautiful. Mm. So powerful. <laughs> so powerful. That's it, right? You know, it's like, um, it reminds me of that Mariam Williamson yeah, quote, you know, that. you know, we are, it's like, we are powerful beings. Um, I often see this in, you know, kind of the, the business coaching space. I actually, that point that women is required for women to get to that they actually see themselves as a leader, as, as someone who is powerful, you know, it's like, oh, but you know, oh, but, and is that toning down? It's like, no, step into your authority, step into your leadership, mm. you know, not yeah. from a space of hierarchy, but that we are all leading each other and showing, you know, what gets to be possible when we tune into that powerful, you know, resource. Yeah. yeah. Well, even the word power and the, the impressions and the uh, generalizations that are, are in that word alone, uh, you know, when, when I've spoken into that in groups or in with clients and you can see like, oh, um, no, I'm very uncomfortable with that word. doesn't make me feel good, like power over. It feels manipulative. And of course, it's been distorted within mm. our um, consciousness. So it carries all of these threads of energy, which isn't its true essence. Um and the and power for everyone is different. You know, I've worked with clients where they've arrived into their power and they're like, oh, my power is quiet and all knowing. And oh, my power is loud and vocal. And my power is, you know, embodied or my power is mental or my power. And it's about finding what that is for each individual and not creating a generalized subscription of like, this is power and I'll get you there. Step A to Z, come with me. And it's like, that's the old way of doing things. It's the old paradigm. And, and for myself, like I hold a space of expansive curiosity for women to explore. Like, it's not about what power means to me. It's like, what does power mean to you? What has it meant to you? And what do we want to unravel it to become more of? And how do you embody that? And that's where, you know, as women journey, they'll like, they'll, some will be, they'll be speaking on stage and others will be writing books and others will be, you know, doing body work and they're not even vocal, but they find their power in different places of their being and they express it in different ways. Yeah. It's exactly the same with success. Like mm. what does success mean to you based on your values and what's important? And, 
you know yeah it's not about following someone else's you know dream so on the subject of business I've had the honor of working with you in Expand 7 over the last six months what have been the biggest sort of shifts and I'm, I'm not just talking over the sort of last six months but you know in the entirety of kind of your work as a um, as a, as a mentor and, and coach, what have been the, you know, the shifts that you've seen in your business? How has that developed for you over, you know, yeah. the, the years? So it began as just a journey of like deep call from spirit, like step into this work, hold space for women. The times now I was like, okay, I don't even know what that means, but here I am doing what I'm doing. And this was like nearly 10 years ago. Uh, and it it really didn't begin as a business. It just began as this, whatever I was creating, like a circle in my flat at the very beginning um, that I shared with one of my beautiful friends. And slowly over time, the women came and I was like, when I'm in alignment to this thing that's alive in me, they just show up. But then there became a point of pivot where you know, I was spinning all the plates and doing all the things. And I was like, oh, I can't do it all. And that's when I began to transition into more of like, well, actually, this is this is a business and um, more into my own leadership energy um, and bringing in a team. And, and within that, a lot of the systems and structures that needed to be the scaffolding for the the volume of energy or people or clients or offerings that were coming through so that I could stay in, you know, very cliche, but like my zone of genius or what I'm here to do and um, allow the other parts and pieces to really support me in that and and in turn you know like this little village of women that I've created that are part of that support system um and working with you is really anchored in those those structures in in a much clearer way than before and it's really you know this past I'd say for this past year um also I've really been working into my business and into myself like healing a lot around like masculine energy and for me like the systems and structures are that like support system for the energy to flow um and there was huge resistance at first um you know I wrote about it in an email way back like why I didn't trust the button and maybe a year and a half ago when I first got my it was my first professional website I'd done like eight years with a homemade Wix website (laughs) never had any like booking systems or anything and I would just like do do bookings myself to like check all the bookings because I was like, I don't trust this. And I was like, wow, this is so much deeper than a button <laughs> on a website. Um, and just recognizing that when you bring all of these things in, that it gets to work for you to have a greater capacity to share my message and to, to do the work that I do. That is my zone of genius and excellence. Um and yeah, you've been a really great guide and support for that for me. I think it's like really knowing, isn't it? Like, where do I want that almost sort of masculine structure to mm. come in? And actually, where do I want to create the space for that feminine creativity, you know, to come through me? So, you know, I think that a lot of people will be like, automate, automate, automate. That's great. But also, where do you want the space to allow the aliveness that's within you mm-hmm. to come through and be shared to your community? And it's yeah. you're really kind of knowing it's there's such a gentle dance that you get to play with that, you know, across, across all areas of business. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I often speak into that, that piece, like, you know, embodied energetics and aligned action. So it's like, we need the the balance and the harmony of both. Can't just be in the energetic field of it all, or just in the action, go, go, go of it all. Somewhere in between, there's this like felt sense, the energy, the experience, and then we got to move forward into action with it. Uh, and then those two dance so perfectly together. Um, yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. So the final question that I have for you today, the one that I ask always is what does being, living, breathing a magnetic woman mean for you personally? Mm. For me, what arrives is just this, this felt sense of being grounded, rooted and anchored in my own being and my center being inside of myself so that it's like this relaxed state of receptivity so magnetized towards me all that is aligned for me in every single moment Mm, beautiful beautiful I love that where can people find you what's next for you yeah so you can find me on Instagram which is at Rebecca underscore Wilson underscore or my website Rebecca hyphen Wilson.com and we are launching Embodied Business, which is a six-week mastermind. We're actually starting that on the 1st of March. So, um, yep, we're, we're live with that. I've got retreats throughout the whole of the year. Um, we've got the Embodied Woman, which is a six-month mentorship and mastermind. That begins in May. Um, that's a high-level space. We just have seven places left for that now at this point in time. So, yeah, lots of different things, different entry points, wherever you're arriving into. Um, but it's deep, potent and alchemical. So if that's calling to your soul, this is the space for you. Beautiful. As it should be. As yeah. it should be. Amazing. Thank you so, so, so much. Thank you.